Kinship Connects, a podcast from SDA Kinship, and we invite you to join us as we share our stories and our journeys. My name is Floyd Pönitz, and today it is my great privilege to speak with Pastor William G. Johnson. Thank you so much for sharing with us today, and uh, Pastor Johnson, so glad you're with us. You're most welcome. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this. You are definitely not a stranger to most of our listening listening audience or, or viewers. Uh, anyone who grew up in the Adventist church uh, is very familiar with your face and your name, uh, at least seeing it in the Adventist Review once a month when that came in the mail or, or whenever. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm happy that you're speaking with us today. Um, let me ask you to just go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us where you're at now and what you're doing and yeah. just a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm retired. I've been for quite a while, um, getting up long in the tooth, but um, originally from Australia, born and raised there, missionary to India 15 years, um, much of my life as a teacher in India, I'm a pastor, um, but a lot of my life has been mainly in teaching and then later editorial and writing work. So um, I, I would say, if you ask me, what are you? I would say primarily a writer um, uh, under, with the understanding that everything I do is, um, is uh, under the Lordship of Jesus. I committed my life to him as a teenager. And so all I do, whether I speak or write or whatever, it's about him. Awesome. That's where I come from. Yeah, great, great. You said uh, before we started the recording, you mentioned how many books had you written about? You know, I haven't kept count. It's more than 40. But wow. um, I'm still writing, um, on average, turning out about a book a year. So Southern California has been very good for me. <laughs> well, great. How long have you lived in Southern California now? Uh, eight years now. Eight yeah. years. Okay, yeah. good. I worked full time um, at the General Conference till I was 72, then worked part time another eight years. And then we came out here. Yeah. Okay. We won't, we won't do that math, though. <laughs> no, no, please don't. <laughs> uh, so the books that you've written, what, what is your favorite theme or, or topic that you write about? Jesus. Okay. Okay. Yeah. In my writing and speaking, it's, it's all about Jesus. Yeah. Uh -huh. It wasn't so from the beginning, but for a long time now. Awesome. It's all about Jesus. Yeah. Very good. Very good. And you told me you have a doctorate, Dr. Johnson? I do. Vanderbilt University in Nashville, Tennessee, um, uh, in biblical studies with New Testament major and minor field in world religions. Um, yeah. Interesting combination. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so let me let me just step back just a little bit. You said you grew up in Australia. Yeah. And uh, so were you at were your parents Adventist or? Uh... Well, it, it's not easy to answer that question. Um, my parents were not Adventists when they married. Okay. My dad was um, a Swedish sailor, hence the SS in my name, double S, Swedish. Uh -huh. Yes. He had sailed and settled down in Australia 
fell in love with uh, Edith Painter, who's an Anglican. And uh, after some years, he, he embraced the Adventist faith. She never did. Oh. So it was not an Adventist home, really. Mm -hmm. so I, I, in fact, um, I did not go to church um, till I was my teens. When um, I, um, my dad gave me a wonderful gift. He was not a rich man, he was a poor man. He worked hard as, uh, with his hands, but he gave me the gift of reading the Bible. Um, encouraged me, probably age 10 or 11. And uh, I've read the Bible every year ever since, read it through every year. Wow. These wow. days, the New Testament twice in the original language and the Old Testament once in English. Nice, nice, that's great. That's great. So you have fallen in love with Jesus, Absolutely. obviously. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is great. So um, when you went to college, you went to college where? In well, that's complicated too. My first degree actually is in um, chemical technology okay. from Adelaide University in Australia. Mm -hmm. I was able to get that quite young. I was just 19 when I had that degree and worked in R&D um, in a lab for a couple of years, then felt a call into the ministry. So I left that and went to Avondale College to study for the ministry. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. Yeah. And where did that take you then after you graduated from Avondale? Oh, interesting. That was really, that's where my life turned, you know, that decision to leave chemistry and go into ministry. We were called, and Nolan and I, not yet married, were called to India as missionaries. Mm -hmm. So we graduated, and three weeks later, we married, and another month, we're on the boat to India. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see, some woman, my, my wife, she was only 21. Uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. And, uh, you know, older folk and her parents didn't think it was the right thing to do, not the wise <laughs> thing to do, you know. So we didn't play it safe. We went to India. And, uh, from India, India, um, I became a teacher at Spicer College, something I aspired to be, to teach about the life and teachings of Jesus. I thought it would be 30 or 40 years before I get the invitation. But as a young missionary, they invited me there. And, and so on furlough, um, I went to Andrews and got an MA. And then uh, second furlough, they sponsored me for a doctorate. Uh, they're very good to me. Uh, you know, church, has, church has been wonderfully good to us. Great. Yeah. That's wonderful. And then uh, just after we came back to India from Vanderbilt, um, I was called to the seminary uh, to join the New Testament department. And I thought I'd be there until they carried me out. I just loved it. It's my Camelot. You enjoyed that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great, great, great faculty in those years. And uh, great dean. He was quite conservative, but he, he supported his family, you know, mm -hmm. godly man, Tom Blinko. And, uh, but after five years, we were called to the General Conference, to the review. Uh, 
as, as well, editor right away or as associate editor associate okay but when i was called there um the manager of the publishing house review and herald said we want you to learn the job take over <laughs> <laughs> so there was some politics involved but um yeah. So I was there 24 years uh, as editor-in-chief, two years before that uh, associate. Okay, okay. And then uh, stayed on, retired from there until I was 72. And after that worked part-time in interfaith relations, working directly for the GC president, Dr. Paulson, great mm -hmm. friend. Yes. And, uh, working with Muslims, mainly Muslims and other faiths. Okay. That, so I did in retirement, the last stretch of my life. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So so when you went to the review, who was who was president at that time of the GC? Wilson. Neil Wilson. Neil Wilson was president. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, um, actually at the seminary after a couple of years, I had did receive a call um, to join up with the review and I turned it down flat. I saw no light in it. So um, two years later, they came back. And, um, but this time <laughs> he came as a telephone call. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Elder Wilson wants you to go to Washington. He wants to talk to you. <laughs> so, you know, once I got in that office, he closed the door. Uh -huh. over yeah he convinced me that i should come it was an offer you couldn't refuse and you felt the holy spirit was leading you in that direction yeah i did i did and uh, in a way the lord had um sort of softened me up the two years earlier when i turned down that call mm -hmm. i used to think what if i had had gone there you know mm -hmm. what if i had not had not um, turned that down Right. So, you know, those thoughts were brewing and, um, but it was still a big, big jump from academia yeah. to Review and Herald, which is a factory situation. The big uh, shots there are the people in marketing, editors are sort of, who, who are they, you know, they're, right. they're really the brains, but they were not regarded as such. <laughs> Uh, yes. It was it was hard the first few years, yeah. And at that point, it was still called Review and Herald. It wasn't Adventist yeah. Review. The it previous was... editor, um, Kenneth Wood, had changed the name a couple of years prior. Oh, okay. So it was Adventist Review at that point already. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, what was the biggest challenge you faced when you took on this new position? Well, um, all sorts of new. Um, challenges. The writing and the editing side, no problem, because I'm a compulsive writer. I've been writing since age 12. Mm -hmm. That part of it I really like. All the, um, the committees and the, especially the marketing, you know, it's not, it's not my thing. But um, the, the review depended on subscriptions. It was, it was a subscriber magazine. Mm -hmm. And the uh, subscribers were falling, had been for years before I came. And uh, that was my biggest anxiety, used to keep me awake 
I wanted to build up the circulation to 100,000. You know, that was my goal. Yeah. Never did happen. We just struggled to just stay afloat. Wow. Is that still a challenge, you think, with, with the paper? Well, now? these days, you know, it's, it's, it's now a department of the General Conference. See, mm -hmm. when we worked under with the Review and Herald Management, um, there was a large measure of independence from the General Conference. Uh -huh. and that was the heritage of the review, you know. It was almost right. like, it was not almost like the loyal opposition at times, you mm -hmm. know, it would disagree. Today, the review, and I don't fault the editors because if I were there now, in fact, I, I would quit. I, I couldn't live under that. It's it, 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 it's a it's a house journal for the general conference. It's a mm -hmm. paper piece. You know, sorry to say that, but that's what it is, yeah. Right, right. And I think it's now a, a department of the general conference. So you know. Yeah, yeah. Respect, yeah. Exactly. So but when you were having it. Uh, when you were the editor there, there were still guidelines of what you could talk about in the journal. Not what... written, unwritten. Oh. No one ever told me, you can't write on this. Okay. Um, sometimes um, my boss, my boss was the general conference president, mm -hmm. Wilson, Falkenberg, Paulson. They were my bosses. Yeah. Sometimes they were not happy. About what I wrote. <laughs> they never, never um, sort of chewed me out over it. Uh, okay. I they gave you a, a little of leeway there, a little freedom to. Yeah, because it was sort of expected of the review. At times in the councils of the church, you know, I was on, a, on the General Conference Committee and other committees, um, something would be discussed, and um, uh, a leader would get up and say, you know, uh, I move that the review print an article on this, okay, explaining our position. Every mm -hmm. time I'd have to stand up and say, thank you. But no one tells the editor what he's going to print. Right. Some people find that hard to believe, but it's true. Uh -huh. No one uh -huh. ever told me, you can't print this or you must print this. Wow, wow, yeah. It's changed these days. I, I was going to say that the, the perception, at least that I've had, is different these days. That it, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, it seems like today we have we have Adventists today and Spectrum yeah. filling in the blanks of what the Adventist Review can't necessarily publish or talk about in an open dialogue. Yeah, when you is say that, cannot, I, I don't know. The editor has to make his decisions, you know. Right, um, and he has to answer to his boss. Well, and to his conscience. Yeah, yeah. So my very first year, not six months in office, I went to Wilson one day, ready to resign. <laughs> because, oh. uh, over the Davenport scandal, and the commission had voted that the names of the offenders, so-called, would, would be published in the review. And that bothered me. Mm. I said, to Neil Wilson, if you want someone to publish them, I'll have, have to get another ed editor. Wow, wow. 
But the yeah. interesting thing is I never made that speech because he said, Bill, I decided I don't think it's a good idea to publish those names. But that was good, you know, I, I, right. good for me to sort of decide, hey, I don't want this job so much that I'll sacrifice my own inner self for it. Right, right. No, that, that was important. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was. definitely. You have to maintain your integrity and your, your conscience as well. So, Words of Shakespeare, to thine own self be true. Be true. <laughs> it must follow as the night the day. Thou canst not then be false to any man. Yeah, yes. At the end of the road, that's all that counts. You know, what are we? Are we true to ourselves? Are we phonies? That's, 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 that's very important. Very important. Well, let me, let me get to some of the little more difficult or hard questions here. Okay. Um, since uh, I'm with Seventh-day Adventist Kinship, yeah. uh, can you tell us when you first remember hearing about SDA Kinship? You know, I was thinking about that, knowing the interview's coming, and uh, I can't tell you exactly. Frankly, this whole area of uh, homosexuality was something I had not thought about or read much about. The Bible seemed to have clear texts to me, at that point, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I really just didn't think about it. But it would be either when the fi the five years when I was at the seminary, or just afterwards, I began to hear about kinship, and in particular because some of my colleagues, good friends, Larry Garrity, Fritz mm -hmm. Guy, yeah, Jim Cox, mm -hmm. they attended the camp meeting, and. Uh, that would be the late 70s or early 80s, I think. Correct. Yeah. And, and I, I understand that Duncan Eva, who was a vice president mm -hmm. and also a good friend of mine, uh, it sort of encouraged this, this dialogue. Right. And, uh, so that's where it sort of came uh, on my radar. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, those are all the names you gave are, are dear friends of kinship, and uh, they were at that first meeting uh, sent yeah. by, well, uh, not by Neil necessarily, but I think Neil Wilson uh, delegated that to Eva Duncan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, uh, yeah. Which so, means that Neil himself was open to it. Otherwise, yeah. he would never have. Uh, let Duncan be, uh, be Duncan, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Duncan, yeah, yeah. So Neil, I believe Neil had a, a has a gay brother or had a gay brother. Yes, I think and that's right. Yeah. So that was part of the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How often that's the case? You know, people can have ideas in theory, mm -hmm. but when the family gets is touched by it, then ideas begin to change. It makes all the difference. It oh, does. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So we're when the Colin Cook uh, fiasco broke broke loose there. Uh, do you remember that? I West? remember it very well. Okay. I remember Colin Cook. Um, we probably published something about what he was claiming to do. I'm not sure whether we did or didn't. We certainly carried it in, in, under news, at least. Right. It became a great scandal, I think. Right. Very embarrassing. 
and and Cook turned out to be I, I trying to be not to be too unkind, but it was fraudulent. That's all I can say. Yeah, yeah. Sorry yeah. to have to say that, but but it was. Yeah, it, it just did not. What he claimed did not work. Exactly, and a lot of people got hurt in that so because the church was, that was promoting it. Influential in my thinking. I'll tell you another thing that's influenced me, Floyd, uh, and that is um, I have a brother-in-law who's a scientist, now retired at Loma Linda, very good researcher. Okay, my brother-in-law yeah. is Dr. Barry Taylor. He was uh, um, vice president for research for a number of years here at Loma Linda. And he has a daughter, Nerida, who's an MD, PhD, very bright person. And conversations with them really helped me a, a lot in my growth. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I came to realize this whole matter is far, far more complicated than simply taking a, a few biblical texts and thinking you, you understand it all. No, it is way more complicated. Mm -hmm. right? Mm. Right. Yeah, with the Colin Cook um, issue there, the church, you know, the church funded Colin in his yeah. in his uh, program, and uh, it was heavily promoted as the answer for homosexuals oh, yeah. in the church. So yeah. a lot of a lot of young boys, a lot of um, church men, went to his program, and uh, obviously there was no change there in orientation. And, uh, you know, with the damage that was done, I know some people left the church, some people committed yeah. suicide, lots yeah. of bad things have happened. And the church doesn't seem to want to talk about it. And I know that you're not representing the church, but just in your opinion, uh, it would go a long ways for goodwill if the church could ever say, hey, I'm sorry, we were wrong. Well, but do you I'll, think that I'll... that would ever happen? I can't speak for the church, but personally, I can say, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. thank you. Thank a lot you. of people were hurt. A lot of people were hurt. And it was not only that what he claimed did not work. It's also um, his own behavior and activities there. From what I've read, mm -hmm. um, just damaged a lot of people even right. at the point of suicide, as you said. It's, it's a very unpleasant chapter, sad chapter. Yeah. I think the church has learned enough from that not to try any more of those programs. Maybe in some places you'll find it, but certainly not from the top. Right. Well, the, 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 uh, the dis distressing part of it now is the church at least from the general conference is supporting coming out ministries, which has basically the same message, but not the same methodology as Cullen did, but they, they're uh, uh, saying that, you know, one needs to change. And, and uh, you, I feel that they're doing just as much harm as Cullen did. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I'm, I'm not familiar with what they're doing. Okay. Um, but um, I've come to the strong conviction that in any discussion of these matters, the uh, 
around the table, you need to have physicians and ethicists and it needs to be much broader than biblical scholars. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They can have, they should have a place. But uh, other people who are actually dealing with real life situations, dealing with people and their struggles for identity, they need to be part of any discussion. So I don't know, uh, I didn't know that the church was still pursuing that line, some yeah. sort of line. Right. Right. I, I, I don't think it's helpful at all. Yeah. At, at annual council, uh, Elder Wilson made the statement about uh, talking about fornicators, adulterers, and then he said LGBTQIA plus individuals basically will never see heaven. Oh, boy. And, How you know, that really upset me and upset the whole community and, and not only the community, but the parents and the supportive allies. You know, we're talking about a good portion of the church gets hurt when someone says something um, oh, yeah. Yeah. like that. Um, well, for me, I'll tell you, uh, you heard me say that I seek to be a follower of Jesus, his life and teachings. Mm -hmm. And Jesus did not shut the door to anyone. Anyone. Exactly. And, uh, now, I did not always have that position, okay? I've right. grown to where I am today, okay? Yes. But, um, yes. Um, and frankly, uh, it was a bit of a struggle for me, okay? Because mm -hmm. I'm such a biblicist, in other words. Take sure. Bible so seriously. Exactly. And I think that's important. But eventually I came to the place where I said, look, you, you're writing so much about Jesus and always preaching about him. <laughs> but this example is to accept all people to right. cast no one out. So if you're going to be true to the Gospels, you have to accept all people. It was like that, which ultimately sound very simple and it is but mm -hmm. it was hard, hard to get there yeah right, right and then there's another you know jesus never addressed the question of gays directly but there's the passage in matthew chapter 19 which is very instructive for me at least where he mm -hmm. takes up the question of sexual identity in terms of the eunuchs right and and makes it clear that there's some people who are simply born that way. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Others who have sort of been, because of their environment, they've become eunuchs. And right. others who have chosen to be. Now, it, it's, it's an oblique reference that I think really supports our understanding of homosexuality and mm -hmm. Jesus. Jesus accepts the fact that there are great differences among us. Right, right. And um, he does not condemn differences. He never did. Not one person. No. Yeah. So you would say that the, the homosexual does have a place in heaven? Oh, how could I? First, number one. Only God decides that. Yes. But, but homosexuals are children of God, good night. How could we deny them? 
you know, if, if members of your community are feeling beaten up and beaten up spiritually, I have to say, friend, look to Jesus. He will not cast you out. Mm. He will never beautiful. cast you out. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. Now, yeah. Would you have been so bold as to say these things 20 years ago when, or whenever you were actual editor? Well, Let's, let me actually put one more layer on that. Would you be, have been able to say that as editor in today's general conference environment? Not in today's general conference, no. no. I don't think so, no. No way. Now, I, as editor, you know, this did come up and I did write on it. I didn't dodge it. Um, but my position there, you know, it was just sort of a halfway position. I, I said, gays should be accepted, okay. Um, they should not be shunned. They should not be dealt with negatively. They should be embraced. But then I said that they should stay celibate. That was uh -huh. my position, which I wrote on. And that was my, it was, was my position. Mm -hmm. Today, I think that was not a sound. Yeah, yeah. I think it's too harsh to expect that of them. Right, right. I think we all get new light, and the Holy Spirit yeah. gives us what we're able to to process at the time. Um, yeah. But I was asking about yeah. a lot of people that are denominationally employed are sympathetic, maybe to the LGBT members, but they can't yeah. say that publicly or from the pulpit because of consequences. Um, yeah, well, in most places, I think the, the exceptions to that, uh -huh. you know, you've had the, um, uh, what's the, the church longstanding? Uh, Glendale City? Yeah. Yeah. For years, they've been quite open about this. Right, right. And from the pulpit. And um, in California, in particular, and California is diverse, remember, there's also some very hardline conservatives. But I think in the big churches, what I said about accepting all people is simply taken for granted. Mm -hmm. Maybe or may not be mentioned in the pulpit, but um, uh, certainly uh, we attend the, uh, we're members of the, uh, of the, um, no, it's gone to my mind. Crosswalk Church, okay. which now has eight campuses. Uh, they're wow. very, very clear. No one is turned away in this church. All are accepted. That's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think it varies around the country and around the world. I think if you went to countries in Europe, Scandinavia, mm -hmm. Germany, probably you'd find a lot of acceptance here. Sure. What people need to remember is that the general conference plays the important part, but the life of the church is at the local level. And um, among young people, if I read them right, by and large, this is, a, this is not an issue. It's long since ceased to be an issue. Oh, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. young people with exceptions, I understand. They accept all people, you know, and if you don't, you sort of, 
what sort of person are you? Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's where the younger generation, it, they've gone way beyond that, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Pundits is struggling with stuff that's not where the young people, the younger, younger generation. It's not even on the young people's radar. It's not, no. They say, what? <laughs> you know, the gays yeah. can't be in heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, SDA Kinship has two challenges right now, and they've always had these challenges. And one is letting people know that we exist, yeah. and the other is actually talking with the GC. Let me go back to that first one, since you were editor of the Adventist Review, and I realized that we're probably never going to get an advertisement or a story that's uh, in the Adventist Review, but what could Kinship do to actually let pastors, let individuals know, because as president, every day almost I hear of a new person coming out that tells their horror story of yeah. they're about to be disfellowshipped or they were kicked out of their home and they thought they were the only gay Adventist in the world and they had no idea that kinship exists as, a, as a, an affirming community. Yeah. So how can we let people know? Very important question. Um, and, and people need to know, and young people need to know, mm -hmm. uh, especially those who are struggling yeah, to figure out who, who, what am I, who am I? Mm -hmm. um, but um, you have good help from um, the independent publication Spectrum and Evanist Today. Correct. They are clearly in your camp, okay, very clearly so. And so, um, you know, sad to say, but um, Adventist Review today is not read very widely. Its circulation is very low. Mm -hmm. So these other magazines, I think, are having much more impact. Okay. So I don't think you're going to get very far uh, with the current administration or anything coming out at the uh, at the general conference level, I don't. Right, right. I, I wouldn't waste my time on that. Frankly, it's not going to happen. Hmm. Good happen. advice. Could happen um, with new leadership, and uh, possibly will. But the church, if it changes, will be extremely slow. Mm -hmm. I'd expect it to change quickly. Yeah. You need to get the word out. I think through Adventist colleges, okay. um, universities, but I would urge that you um, be very careful how you go about that. If you're seen as being aggressive and trying to recruit young people, that will backfire badly. Mm -hmm. uh, I work through the, um, the deans of student affairs, and you'll probably have a mixture there. Some will be open, some won't. But um, um, and and they are not likely to. Uh, they're more likely to act on an individual basis, you know, as they meet students who have particular needs, and they'll refer them to what you can offer them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. I, I don't know where, you know. I I just don't know the personnel these days, but. Certainly, at a place like Loma Linda and La Sierra, uh, probably 
possibly PUC, Walla Walla. In general, the West, West mm -hmm. Coast mm -hmm. is much more open. Sure. Uh, other colleges, it just depends. Uh, Southern, probably a tough time. Yeah. But um, Washington Adventist University, I had no idea where they'd be. Right. You right. try, but um, when we were still in the Andrews community, some folk were very upset. There was a mailing went out in student boxes, you know, inviting them. And it was meant well, I'm sure. But it, it had a, what I saw of, it was a negative reaction. It was seen as like a, almost a militant drive to recruit. Yeah. Right. Okay. So avoid that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Be wise. Be pastoral. Um, if you set yourself up, mm -hmm. position yourself. Right. A helping agency, uh, like a pastoral agency, mm -hmm. that'll help you That's much further. Good advice. Good advice. Yeah, and the the other thing is, you know, we would like to speak with the general conference leaders just to let them know because they they talk about us occasionally, but never with us. And we yeah. would like to speak with them to build a bridge and create more understanding, even if we're not on the same page, but just to know, you know, where they're coming from and where we're coming from. Do you think that such a conversation could ever happen or will it have to be an administration change for that as well? I think the latter. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. A yeah. lot hangs on that. That. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. sure the administrators who would like to talk to you. Sure, now you you remember the lawsuit against the name that the church well, brought the lawsuit. Yeah, I, I never followed it closely. How did that end up? I think yeah. you lost on that, right? The church lost, and we were able to keep the name Seventh-day Adventist Kinship yeah. because it wasn't a church. It was just a description of who the members yeah. were. Yeah. And, and, you know, so and the stipulation was we could not uh, act as a church. We could not collect tithe uh, right. to compete right. with, with the general conference. And, but you weren't course, trying to do that, were you? We weren't trying to do that. No, no. 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 We were we were just a supportive community saying yeah. we're all Adventist. Uh, yeah. We're gay Adventist. We love Jesus just like everyone else. Yeah. Um, you know, and mm -hmm. and so we were hoping that more dialogue would happen. And that was what you know Larry Garrity and Fritz Guy and everyone suggested after that first meeting uh, to to Duncan and to to uh, Neil, but. It never, never continued after that. And now Ted is, uh, Elder Wilson is, is uh, uh, following that footsteps and, and he will not acknowledge any emails or messages that I have sent to him. No, uh, no, so. no. Well, you'll have to wait. But uh, listen, there have to, be, have to be people in the general conference, highly placed, so-called, yeah. who have relatives, who have kids, grandkids, who are gay have to be and they would welcome the sort of thing. let me get us back so yeah we were talking about the lawsuit and uh if you felt that the the verdict of the lawsuit the church losing that and and kinship allowed to use seventh-day Adventist 
did that have a negative effect on the relationship you think you know it's uh, just surmising here i would think it did yeah yeah they don't the general conference does not like to lose <laughs> none of us do that's uh, true yeah 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 i'm sure that made some people quite unhappy yeah 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 because it's frustrating on our end wanting to talk and have a dialogue and no one even acknowledging that we're yeah. requesting it yeah so, it, it, it's it's a sad state of affairs yeah yeah, yeah do what you can you know Exactly. And um, uh, I don't think we need to think that everything has to happen from the general conference. It really happens at the grassroots, right. not the general conference. The real church is at the local church level, and okay. it is happening there. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, gays are accepted in many, many churches. Right. It's not mentioned, it's not discussed except to say, as at Crosswalk, everyone welcome here. No, right. no one excluded, yeah. Right, right, right. So it's, yeah. happening. it's happening. Yes, and that, that's very encouraging. The, the, uh, the only, the negative part is like the official statements that come from the general conference. Oh yeah, they hurt. Those are very harmful and, and hurtful. Very hurtful, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I'm sorry for them, I apologize for them. Yeah, no, you you have brought tears to my eyes today, just hearing your compassionate uh, and caring manner of, of the subject uh, really has touched me. And I appreciate that. I appreciate you and all that you do. Um, so, so yeah, in your opinion, there is a place in the church for those who are marginalized. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. How so, could I say anything otherwise? Of course. Exactly. How could yeah. I be a follower of Jesus and exclude anyone? So kind. So kind. No, yeah. So in conclusion, I appreciate your time, but what words would you, and I think you've already said them, but maybe if you could just say a few more words to those who do identify as LGBT, what hope would, or what would you like them to know about the church and and Jesus? Well, the church is a big church now, not small, very di diverse, not diverse ethnically and so on, but very diverse in where it stands on different positions. It is hugely diverse. And um, I just want to say, if you find your identity, you know, as a gay person or another form of sexuality, you're God's child, okay? You are accepted, you are loved, and the salvation of Jesus is for you. If, if the church at the highest levels right now is not ready to say that, I think it will eventually, because the Holy Spirit will lead it, lead it to say that. And if it doesn't, maybe it doesn't matter all that much, okay? If you find a community, a local church, where you feel accepted, where you have fellowship, 
where Jesus is preached. That's really what it's all about. Mm -hmm. not, not Washington, but right there at the local church. Now, some churches will not be kind to you. Find a place where, you, where um, it might be an online church. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of online churches. That's right. Like, um, I happen to mention Crosswalk, but that's online and they have followers all around the country and even overseas. Great. And there are other, other communities like that. You'll be welcome because you are a child of God. You're Wonderful. One, one of us. Yeah. That's, that's very encouraging. Very encouraging. Well, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, I can only imagine the pain, um, all, all sorts of pain that you've suffered and still suffer. And I'm sorry for that. Very Thank soon. you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We, I appreciate you taking the time to, to interview with me today, to give those encouraging words. And I wish you continued good health and continue speaking out on what you feel is right and the wonderful love that Jesus represents and gives to all his children. Peace. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Thank you, thank you. So in conclusion, thanks for sharing everyone with us today. We hope that today's podcast was interesting and has given our listeners some things to think about. And remember that Jesus loves you. Seventh-day Adventist Kinship is the only LGBTQIA plus affirming community for current and former Adventist, and we welcome not only the Rainbow Alphabet members, but also parents and family members who want to learn more about how to support their loved ones and supportive allies who stand with us to make a difference in our church and our world. You can check us out on the web at sdakinship.org or follow us on social media at sdakinship. If you have any questions or comments, you can email me at info at sdakinship.org. We look forward to having you with us on the next podcast release, and we wish everyone a blessed day. Remember that God does love you unconditionally. Thank you so much. Thanks, Pastor Johnson. Hi, you're welcome. My pleasure. God bless you. Bless your ministry. Thank you. Thank you.